Hello, everybody, and welcome oh, in. We start? I counted down and everything, Tavares. <laughs> I counted down from three. I went silent I, I, on the two and one, like 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 they do on like I'm movie sorry. productions. I'm sorry, numbers and words just don't go together for me. God damn it! I'm just kidding. It's all right, buddy. As you know, I am Colton Robertson, joined by none other than the magnificent Tavares Pennington. What's up, buddy? How you going? I'm doing good. I'm I, doing good. I definitely said how you going. How you how you going? How, how how you going? I don't know. It's been weird today. Just language isn't coming out right. Yeah, that's uh, that, that tends to be a problem when one plans on podcasting. Language not coming out correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Shit yeah. happens, though. You know, fuck it. Yeah. Comes out wrong, comes out wrong. It happens. We've got a good show ahead. We're going to talk about a uh, good comedy called The Change-Up, starring Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds. Very funny movie. Then we are going to... Uh, Critique Screen Rant's raking of the Arrowverse's characters by strength. So uh, the Arrowverse is CW's take on DC comic books. They turned them into television series, usually produced by Greg Berlanti, who also produces uh, Doom Patrol on uh, HBO Max. Does he? Really, that's another really good one. Doom Patrol is kick-ass, I think, y- given that we enjoy the... Arrowverse, we'd probably, you'd definitely yeah. almost enjoy Doom yeah. Patrol, and it's a little heavier. It's a little. Arrowverse uh, does get a little. Weird. And it's a lot funnier. It's rated R. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lo- lot in. of fucks. It's rated R. I'm in. A lot of a uh, lot of f bombs. There's an episode where uh, they get haunted by a sex demon. Ooh. So uh, a bunch of riveting. bunch of ghosts appear, and they're all they're all banging. How riveting! It's uh, it's really moving television. Uh. Speaking of DC television, I actually just finished uh, DC's Harley Quinn last mm. night. How was that? Hilarious. Okay. Great show. And and by the end of season two, they really, really came into their own as a series in terms of writing like the story itself, not mm-hmm. just the comedy. Yeah. It became a story that I was actually very, very into instead of just something I watched because it made me laugh. Yeah. And by the end, it has one of my favorite comic book television or movie couples of all time. I won't tell you who because it's oh, kind okay. of a spoiler. Okay, damn. But uh, this is a cartoon, is it? It is, but it's uh, it's definitely not for kids. Yeah. Very also very rated R. <laughs> Lots of fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of the same things as Doom Patrol in yeah. that regard. Uh, but absolutely astounding, and there will almost certainly be a season three because it has gained a very, very large fan base. Considered one of the better DC shows from that platform, not mm-hmm. just the uh, CW stuff, but okay. stuff like Teen Titans and shit like that. Okay, it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, it has nothing to do with DC's Harley Quinn, but nope, not yet. DC least. will be a part of the show, and then we're gonna close it off with the Umbrella Academy. You know what it is? Season two, episode four. We gonna get into it. We gonna do it. We gonna do it. Let's roll the tape. Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast.
So this week we watched The Change-Up. Two white men saying age-inappropriate jokes. That's correct. As always, <laughs> it's a lot better than what we almost went with, Hall Pass. <laughs> I revisited Hall Pass for 15 minutes, <laughs> and I quickly was disgusted. <laughs> Honestly, I'm interested still to, to watch it just to see like, what... And I might be over-exaggerating, but like... It's it's just shameful. Like it's <laughs> you're like, this like is at least not good. at least the messed up things they say in the change up, they're usually inebriated for. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. These dudes were just talking. Yeah, <laughs> just talking. And what's worse is they were just normal dudes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, it was just a couple of horny middle aged white men. It's usually the formula for something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the change-up is a far better. Yeah, far better I, that was actually funny as fuck. And a really good take on a Freaky Friday type movie. It was. It was. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is like Freaky Friday for the bros. It really <laughs> like, is. That's really it all really it is. is. Like, no woman would like that. Well, would like this movie. Uh, At least if, not that I, if, I can think of. If you're a if you're a woman and you like this movie, you are highly tolerant of men <laughs> who are pieces of shit. Yeah, very tolerant, very tolerant. Because Ryan Reynolds' character in this movie, <laughs> I I have not watched anything with a person that sexist without <laughs> it being like their main character yeah. point yeah. in a while. Yeah, half the things he said well, were fucked up. And and even even Jason Bateman's character isn't much better because oh not at he's all. just kind of portrayed as like someone who is uh, who is thrust into the shackles of marriage and he can't get out and he just wants to be with other women and w- women and that's literally what his like his dream is like when he, you know this all starts with them wishing they were each other and then they end up like becoming each other because they're, they're pissing, pissing in a, in a fountain, fountain and the fountain's got some magic ability obviously you know they didn't work too hard on the premise it was more so just to get to the the, the old switch up thing it's also funny though but it is funny it is funny like and, um and i don't want to <clears throat> i don't want to shit all over this movie by no, any means no. because by the end of it i had thoroughly enjoyed my viewing yeah it it was it was still a good movie it's just you know you got to recognize it's just, what it's, what you're watching it was obviously made in 2011 yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the wife is just like kind of just like oh nobody cares about me i'm just i'm just here you know it's all about work and, and do what's what you interesting want. is uh that when they switch obviously Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman's body treats Leslie Mann like shit yeah because he doesn't know how to have a wife. Yeah. But also just isn't smart in the slightest. Yeah. No, he's not. Like, a very, you don't treat uh, people like He that. doesn't think much about what he says. When you're in a woman's husband's body, you don't look at that woman and go, I'm not attracted to you. I'm not attracted to you. Yeah. But it was funny that's, as fuck. That's <laughs> scarring stuff. Like, that's... Yeah. That's messed up what, we, and, and in the in the context of a comedy movie. And funny as We fun. do got to talk about, too, like, I don't know what it was... Because it can't be something that's new to what I'm when I'm watching these sorts of movies, because I've seen these sorts of movies before, of course, and it's like when these absurd, outrageous, just unbelievable things happen, the carry the the like people who receive all the bullshit just kind of take it. <laughs> like well, you're they just like, have to, is this it's... like would anybody actually like just be like, huh? Like like the scene where uh. He, <laughs> I can't remember what was said before it, but it ends up and he goes, and I'm going to have like my balls on your chin by oh dinner time. <laughs> and he just says that to he like says the, that to, his, to his assistant. His, I can't or, remember what, what her job yeah. was, specifically what her title was, but at their law firm, 
he says or she's setting him up for lunch and he's yeah. like all right well that sounds good it looks like i'll have my balls on your chin by dinner <laughs> like yo yo and, and she just Re- looks Ryan at him she just like goes that's a sexual harassment yeah, that's lawsuit. scheduled for sexual harassment like and that is like 1000 percent true <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's it, like watching these things feels ethically gray but comedically hilarious <laughs> well what sucks is like there are just dudes like that. There are. That are so that's, that's un- a crazy thing. That yeah. are so unaware unfiltered. and unfiltered <coughs> that they're just blatantly disrespectful. Oh, yeah. Like, that'll have my balls on your chin <laughs> by dinner. Yeah, no. It's, in a context in which nothing sexual has nothing been said. Nothing sexual has happened. This woman it's is just, just very, this just, woman's very pretty. And he felt like saying something about putting his well, balls on her cheek. You know what that and is? And that's highly inappropriate. That, the, the reason why we, we, that's called toxic masculinity is because, like, him being a male in that situation, in any situation for that matter, feels as if he can steer the conversation towards any, like, objective desire, which he, which he really cares about at that mm-hmm. moment. So at that moment, he's like, hot woman sex joke because i fucking said so it's no matter we're in an office at work like working like normal fucking adults sex joke time because fuck yeah yeah (laughs) and that's 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 the premise behind and that's kind of the premise behind a lot of dudes yeah yeah exactly which is (laughs) just thoroughly disappointing thoroughly disappointing uh what was some what were some of your favorite aspects of this movie I mean, it just had like honestly, like it was it was middle school, high school comedy at best, but it was executed in a way that was absurd and so random that you had to laugh. I mean, I was laughing my ass off for a lot of the movie. Yeah, because it's still even without as outlandish as the movie is, it starts with you know like pretty a, a basic premise like about like a married guy, guy who just is kind of a stoner and is already like kind of like shitting his life away, <laughs> um, and just like that's that's like all normal and fine. But then they just go ahead and mix it up with how these people actually act and, and behave and they also couldn't have taken two more different people to right. make best friends exactly like jason bateman graduated from princeton in three years went to yale law school and graduated <laughs> from there he's like one of the top lawyers in his firm and ryan reynolds's character is a guy who dropped out of high school to become an actor and is high all through the day yeah <laughs> And they switch each, places. Each their it's own. bound for it's bound for great comedic comedic uh, content. It really is, and it also makes perfect sense why they would have to be the ones to live as each other. Yeah, it, the point of the movie was for them to each gain a little perspective on what was right. Mm-hmm. They needed to meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, Jason Bateman could have been a little bit more like Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds really could have been a little bit more like Jason Bateman. Yeah, and that that that's the thing though. It's about like that's always how it works because we like the human in most parts is this is this one duality or, or is one side of the duality between introvert and extrovert and like this this like there's always like you know fun too much or, or not enough fun too much fun mm-hmm. uh like too obsessed not obsessed enough like it's like you know they're, they're just being like hey the happy it's all about media. balance it's all about the balance yeah which is a weirdly philosophical message to take from this uh particular film but what's i think they executed it well what's interesting is most of the time comedy movies 
have a message, maybe not yeah. one that was intended by any means, mm -hmm. but there's they're almost always ripe for some sort of analyzation yeah. that like cuts deeper into American <coughs> culture and human nature because we all fucking love comedy. Mm -hmm. So in our comedy is going to be real shit. Right, right. And that's that was part of why I loved this movie because yeah. by the end of it, it was a little real. It, it was, yeah. It was like uh, Ryan Reynolds's character realizes he needs to get back to his body. He didn't earn this shit that Jason Bateman is earning. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what? I want to do this for myself. Yeah. And by the end of it, Jason Bateman's <clears> like, "Why do I hate my family?" <laughs> <laughs> I know. After his wife, and his his is especially worse because his wife even tells his best friend as him. Uh, like you, like that they had switched bodies apart. that our marriage is falling apart and has been for the past five years. And then he goes and has like some sort of emotional affair with that girl. Yeah. Right after that. Yeah. I really couldn't vibe with him at that point. I'm really glad he, he straightened his shit out. He I didn't don't know. go through with anything besides getting a tattoo on yeah. Ryan Reynolds' back. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Just kick ass. Damn, they never, they never followed that through. They showed us at the end. They did? Yeah, it was well, I Heart. They, they showed us what it was, but they never showed uh, Ryan Reynolds reacted. actually like finding out. Yeah. Well, maybe there was a post credit scene that we dipped out on too Fuck. early. That seems like something they would have thrown in. At Hold on, pause it. Let's end. turn it back on. No. We'll, we'll have to. We'll <laughs> no, have to. All right, we'll be, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I, really, I really enjoyed the movie overall. It was good. It was good. Um, I always love Jason Bateman, and I always love Ryan Reynolds. Mm -hmm. It was bound to be good. And I always love Leslie Mann, who is a... <laughs> Phenomenal actress. I love her in This Is 40 with Paul Rudd. Fucking awesome. Mm. She's been in a lot of great shit. Yeah, I've seen A lot of great too. comedies. Anything else, anything else to say about the change-up? It was a solid watch. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I enjoyed it more than The American Pickle. Oh, yeah. It, it was a little more like... I probably enjoyed standard. my viewing more. Yeah. Well, but I respect the idea of an American pickle more. Yeah, but Seth Rogen's comedy is also a lot more refined. Like it's it's a lot more thinky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's like Seth Rogen is actually like, like a comedy genius, but like the, the consequence of that is that a lot of people don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, and so and it's not just like like it can't appeal to everyone. Laugh out loud. It won't every surprise five me minutes. if the the premise of an American pickle scares you off. Yeah. Right. Right. But like this one's pretty pretty globally, um, yeah, uh, relatable in a way. I guess for for us men, but uh, well, especially <laughs> for white men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was very much so. I mean, and a lot of comedies like this are. I mean, Wedding Crashers, yeah, uh, Twenty One Jump Street, <laughs> yeah. Any comedy where it's two white men is the main characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. The internship, the interview. I mean, I could go on and on. People, it's, they're they're everywhere, but uh. It was still it was still a solid movie. Yeah. Just because, I mean, it is the norm doesn't mean it's bad. Right. Right. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you rate this movie? 7, 6. I go 6. 6.5. I think it's a solid film. Mm-hmm. I think uh, critically, you don't need to look into this movie. No. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no. It's, six, it's a 6 out of 10. It's a 6 out of 10. I enjoyed it. I made a, a scale yesterday on a <clears throat> post-it note that was like... Uh, yeah, you said ten it to me. perfect, nine almost perfect, eight amazing, seven great, six good, five all right, four eh, three bad, two really bad, one fuck no, <laughs> fuck no. So six, it was good. <laughs> From fuck no to amazing. <laughs> yeah, fuck no, fuck no to perfect. Oh, perfect. 
not a lot of movies get perfect. No. I had to justify six being good. Yeah. Because that it doesn't sound good. Six yeah, out of ten six doesn't is, sound six great. Six is good, though. Six but is I, want, good. I, I want to make it clear that on our scale, typically, a six out of ten is definitely good. Yeah. So seven, eight, nine, ten had to be great mm-hmm. through perfect. Shall we move on to Screen Rant's ranking of the Arrowverse characters? I believe we shall. Next segment. So, we have seen that Screen Rant had a ranking of CW's Arrowverse characters by their strength. And uh, it's an interesting top ten list. It is. Interesting to say the least. There are at least a couple names I don't think need to be on here. And uh, there are uh, several names that I feel probably should be higher. Yeah, yeah. Or lower. But, you know, it's Screen Rant, so don't put too much stock into it. No, it's just fun to... it's fun to rant about Screen Rant. And they, they, they rant. They definitely rant. They do indeed. Uh, so at 10, they have White Canary, Sarah Lance. She's a strong She's a strong woman, for she is sure. Strong. She is strong. And she's pretty kick-ass, trained, obviously, in the, uh, the, uh, by Ra's al Ghul, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucking awesome in the League of Assassins. Yeah. Uh, so she's she's definitely not second. to be fucked with. How the fuck, now that you say this, how does Ra's al Ghul not make this list? Well, because I think they were just going with main characters, not villains. Okay, yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, if you want to get villains involved, we can talk about it. Yeah, I I think that the list was specifically... um, It it was, yeah, it was specifically the protagonists, I think. The main characters. But, uh, I mean, gosh, we got the villains involved with, like, Reverse Flash, uh, Deathstroke, Damian Dark. Fucking, Damian Dark would be a problem. Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, and so it looks like the their argument for White Canary here is that Sarah is a uh, bottom of the list due to her lack of powers because she's just an assassin. Which is interesting. Do you do you think there's anybody not on this list that could have been there instead of White Canary? I mean, definitely Killer Frost. Killer Frost is I pretty pretty Killer much Frost not to be fucked with, right? Over White Canary. I don't and, know. And, and Vibe is Vibe yeah, and Vibe does make an argument for being top 10. Like these are like actual heroes who like have well, with superpowers with, with superpowers and like i don't know white canary is good or whatever but like she's also just an assassin like i don't know i i just don't see her as like, like not to be fucked with by any means right like she's she's no arrow right and it, it seems like they want to compare and contrast arrow in terms of strength by putting them right next to each other because arrow is number nine which is interesting to me very interesting because if if there is anybody in the arrowverse named after arrow arrow who is a human <laughs> i'm not taking anybody over this guy oh yeah no, with no nobody. special abilities nobody. or anything yeah it's arrow yeah and, and then i guess you know that that go ahead go ahead go, uh, goes ahead and brings in our number eight which is batwoman <laughs> and batwoman not to sleep not to sleep on batwoman but like just not the same we, we, as we just Oliver don't even Queen. have it. I don't even think that there's enough proof to not justify yet. Batwoman they, they got over one season Arrow out right now. or White Canary for that matter. Because like Batwoman is good and all, but like White Canary is the main character in Legends of Tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so she the, she has a lot more track record definitely than not enough, Batwoman. There's not enough space screen, screen time to justify Batwoman. Besides Arrow, I feel like like when we think about this in terms of strength. Who would win in a fight? You you put Oliver Queen up against any human, 
White Canary especially, he would he would whoop her ass. He he was like the leader of the League of Assassins. Yes, he, he was Rachel. He was yeah, Rachel Ghoul. Um, you put Arrow against Batwoman. He's got more experience. He's he's got better weaponry. Um, and I mean, I don't know the origins of CW's Batwoman in terms of like what she comes from and how she became a badass. Uh-huh. Oh, what was it? I think she was um. I can't remember. I remember. I started. I watched like half of the Batwoman. I need to revisit it because I've heard it's phenomenal, and it's a, it's I've also bad. heard that uh, the main character is exiting the the actress. Yeah, they're, they're replacing like her. replacing her with a black girl, I think. And I'm interested to see how they do it if they're just going to keep the storyline going yeah, and act like it's the same character. Weird. Like I don't understand that, but I kind of hope it's like she passes it on to someone else. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. But, I mean, either way, I'm going to watch it. I'll, I'll eventually get around to it. That's what I do with all these superhero <laughs> yeah. shows. Uh, but just given Arrow's origins, the shit that he went through, there are very few humans very alive few. that I say are stronger than very that character. Very few humans. And it's like, even thinking about it intelligence-wise, I think Arrow is smarter than Batwoman and White Canary. Definitely smarter than White Canary. White Canary White Canary's not... not She's not dumb. Not of to be course, fucked with. I, like, see, I, I feel like uh, the only thing that puts Arrow above White Canary for me is his ability with a bow and arrow. I think, I think also in hand to hand he'd probably beat her. I yeah. don't doubt that. But, but I feel like to just completely dismiss her from this conversation is wrong because otherwise she's she's she has the same training, arguably longer. I don't know, because so he, he he's working with if if you if you take into account that he's working one with an arrow, which is probably going to be his first weapon that he attempts to use. Yeah, don't get me wrong; like that's why I still put her put him above her. But uh-huh. I just think that like she's not to be dismissed here. Oh, I mean, no, definitely not. But I think I just think arrows arrow arrow has, is arrow. It's clear he's Oliver Queen. Yeah, he's a badass. So yeah, I think uh, this eight, nine, ten here—they're a little interchangeable for me. And ten—I mean, I think Killer Frost is probably even better than our next one. Like in terms of power, we're going based off strength alone. We got Adam at seven. Honestly, I'd take Arrow over Adam. I, I think I think if you get Ray Palmer facing Oliver Queen face to face. I think Ray has the potential to win that battle purely based off strength, no doubt. Yeah. But head to head, Oliver Queen's beating the shit out of Ray yeah, Palmer. You like can't convince me otherwise. Like, there's just no no way. But like in terms of power, fine. But also when you're thinking about power, you gotta think about the fact that like the Adam suit isn't really meant to enhance strength so much as it is to provide a strategy for like um I'm pretty sure it gives him some strength, though. Oh, it does, it does. But it's like its main goal is to reduce him to atom size, right? Like, it's yeah. like it, it's, that's, it's something that's that its he main can objective. His size. He can also fly um, around. He's basically DC's Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah. And Ant Man combined into one guy. But it's like I don't, I don't have any memories of Adam doing anything on screen to that be particularly stuck out as like. Man, I would yo, not want to fuck with that. Right, guy. exactly. And that might be because we know Ray Palmer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Ray's a good dude. And so when, you, but like when you put him up against like these other heroes, honestly, like I, I, I think Batwoman would would be able to beat Adam. No shit. I think I'm probably with you there. 
Like I, 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 that's realistic for me because it's not it's not too far fetched at all. Mm-mm. Um, and you see White Canary and Adam together a lot in Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. and in that show, White Canary is the leader of their entire group. Yeah, and frankly, I think White Canary could kick Adam's ass too. Really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but uh. See, if you get someone like Oliver Queen in the Adam suit, then we're talking. But it's 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 just Ray Palmer in yeah, the Adam suit. Yeah, it's just Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer's not that strong of a guy. I mean, he's he's a big guy or whatever, but like he's just I don't I don't see him as a fighter, you know, more no, of a really. he's, he's the brainy CEO. Facts. So, you know, he 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 should probably fall on this list, probably substantially, but uh my next one, the next one, number 6, personally I think could be a spot up. Really? I do. I, I like Constantine a lot. And if you watch Legends of Tomorrow, I guarantee you, you'd like him a lot too. He he's, he does like witchcraft or something, right? He's a warlock, yeah. Warlo- he's a warlock. Which is the male version of a witch. Yeah. And that sort of lore. Uh-huh. But uh, he uh, he's also just a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of, uh, in terms of like spreading the love over in Martell, oh. but he's also like dark as hell, yeah, and far more sad. Sad boy hours. Sad boy hours, big time. Uh, but it makes him a really compelling character, and he can open portals to hell. So, okay, he should probably be a little higher in strength. Interesting. I I think he could I think he could take our number five easy. Yeah, I don't know what Black Lightning is going to do against portals to hell. What does he have, like, some sort of... Electricity power. No, but wh- uh, what does he summon from hell? Uh, he can kind of... It depends on the spell he's casting. Mm. He can... He's summoned various things in Legends of Tomorrow. But uh, the thing that always sticks out in my mind is his ability to <clears throat> basically be the factor that saves the Legends of Tomorrow in several, several situations. Really? It's like... All right, well, thank God Constantine has this portal to hell here in <laughs> season four where everything is about magic. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kick-ass, by yeah. the way. Probably my favorite season of Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I can't remember if it was three or four. Whatever. But uh, yeah, I think Constantine could be higher than Black Lightning. Uh, but Black Black Lightning also not to be fucked with. I watched the first season of Black Lightning. I need to uh, get back into it for sure. But uh, I just I I think Constantine gets his ass. He can open portals to hell. Black Lightning honestly felt kind of weird to me on this list. Well, his show's always just been kind of like off to the side until Crisis on yeah, till the Crisis series. But he has what is he has? So he has like electricity power. Like what is it? Does his suit give him the electricity, or does he? I think he's a metahuman. He's a metahuman who's yeah. like can control electricity. Can control electricity, kind of like the uh, character from Supergirl, who uh, is like her nemesis for the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. I don't know. I can't imagine uh, Black Lightning losing to Arrow. We can admit Arrow's taken on like better metahumans than Black Lightning. We can. We can agree on that. So. <laughs> You're probably right, <laughs> but like on surface, if Black Lightning didn't even want to give Arrow a chance, he could probably handle him. But how? 
How so? Well, yeah. Just like throw lightning at this but motherfucker. We're, we're talking about Arrow. What's he just gonna like walk up to the guy? He also has arrows, which are are, are a ranged weapon. That's a very that's a very good point. You know, you might be right here. And we've seen Arrow time and time again beat the Flash. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. I, I think Arrow's climbing all the way to at least four on this. Honestly, <laughs> Arrow's Arrow's hard. Like Arrow's hard. Like, he's he's strong as fuck. I don't like, know how Oliver Queen didn't manage to convince whoever wrote this list, but. Oliver Queen's that dude. Like he, he knows how to how to fight. Yeah, because it's not. He's the Bruce his Wayne. his brain is part of his strength. Yeah, like that he, man is exactly. so intelligent exactly. when it comes to fighting. Like he's supposed to be the Batman type figure, and when you think mm-hmm. of Batman, like Bat- it, it is it, Oliver it, Queen. If Batman were to be nine on this list, you'd be like, "Yo, you're fucking high." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Arrow Arrow's climbing for me. Number four, we got. We the got flash. flash there. That's that. That makes and that sense that made about that. That's and these top three. These, these, yeah, these top these top four, three are about right. Yeah, they, it's they, hard to they it's made. hard to make any changes here because these people are just so overpowered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they are. Uh, at four, you got Flash, uh, and because of the top three, he's probably not moving much. If anything, he's going down to be below Arrow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Number three, you got Martian Manhunter. What you know? He's always John Jones is a is a fucking badass. Man. I've always been like, yo, this dude is like the strongest dude in any of these shows. And, and honestly, you're just like we need to stick to the policies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, go kill those motherfuckers. He's, he's like, when I'm watching Supergirl, oftentimes I think Martian Manhunter could probably take Supergirl. Oh yeah, no, he could. Which means. He could pass up. Well, who I don't know numbered. if he could take her, but he he could stand up to her in a fight for sure. I think. I so. think he has a couple times. I think he has as well yeah. because there's times where he like gets. Uh, well, when she got possessed, she was like controlled or yes. something. I remember, and mm-hmm. I think he had to go. He had to, to fight stop her, her. Yeah. and he had to reveal himself as Martian Manhunter. Yeah. that's what that was, which was dope. But uh, at number two, Superman, and at number one, Supergirl. And if you watch Supergirl, they do say on more than one occasion that Supergirl is stronger than Superman. Even Superman admits it, so there isn't an argument to be had here. Uh, but I think Martian Manhunter could handle one of them. Not both of them. No. Obviously. Not many people can handle both of them. So maybe three is the right spot for Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. in, in the end of it. Yeah. So it's basically just five below. They were just kind of... I don't, I don't think they... Maybe they didn't put them in order. Maybe they just threw them on there. No, they were like, here's stupid. ten characters. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to say they're ranked by strength, but really, we just picked ten characters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if if I had to change this list... I go... White Canary, Batwoman, Adam, Black Lightning, Killer Frost. Nah, I have to bump someone else. I guess I would have to bump White Canary, but I really don't want to do that. Alright, fuck it. I'll just rearrange this list. Forget Killer Frost. I'll take a White Canary, Batwoman, Adam... Black Lightning, Constantine, Flash, Arrow, Martian Manhunter, Superman, Supergirl. That'd be my order. 
I feel like so that sounds about right. Seems like what we settled on. Yeah. Solid. Dig it. I need to revisit the Arrowverse. Yeah, honestly, I, I kind of, like, I don't know. I just stopped being interested for a, for a while. Well, it, they'll get on Netflix, and I'll watch them all. Or, no, maybe they'll go to HBO Max now because they own the DC properties. Oh, that would be tight. That would be super tight. I fucking love HBO Max. Yeah. We should try to make every movie review we do from HBO Max. That would be hard. Because I'm paying for it myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, then, me too. Oh. Yeah. Sucks. I got rid of everything. I just have Crunchyroll and HBO Max. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> HBO Max is a kick-ass platform. It is. It is. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, Screen Rant's ranking of Arrowverse by strength. And you know what? We decided to shit all over it. Or at least the back half. Yeah. Shall we move on? We believe we shall. We believe we shall? I asked you. You talking to somebody? Uh, all right. Next yeah. segment. Fucking weirdo. Let's talk Umbrella Academy. This week we've got season two, episode four, The Majestic Twelve. Overall, how'd you feel about the episode? Pretty good, pretty good. I think that they are definitely picking up steam quickly and this that was episode four, so like, you know they're about it's it's ten episodes, so it's gonna be a, a it's All gonna feel from here on. Yeah, it's gonna feel like they're going real fast, but it's just they got a lot to cover, and it's a, and it's seven days. It's all it's all pretty interesting right now. It is it is all really interesting, and what I liked about this episode too is most of the questions I had at the end of episode three were almost all yeah. answered. Yeah, in se- in episode four. Yeah, uh, and I really appreciate stuff like that, but yeah. it also makes me go. I I do have larger questions, obviously, that aren't just mm-hmm. from episode three, but. I'm looking forward to seeing how all this plays out. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I've always like the the thing that keeps me interested is this the idea of apocalypse, honestly. And it's like it seems pretty impossible that they just avert the whole thing entirely. But what happens, right? Because yeah. obviously the thing doesn't happen. But then we're left, and I guess like at the end of season one, it did happen. It did happen. Yeah, maybe it'll happen again. But but like. There's going to be some contingency. There's There's going to be be something something else else that happens. Do you think JFK gets killed? (sighs) Yeah, he's got to die. I think he dies too. You know, it's just it. It would. Yeah, I think he he, he's got to go. It's going to be successful. The assassination attempt. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be successful. I don't know why, but like, and no no ill will against JFK. I mean, he's my man's or whatever. But like, you know, probably gonna die. Probably gonna die. Given as history. unfortunately as it is, just predicting from the trends of the show, you know. Yeah, he's probably gonna die. Probably. Gonna uh, die. We're gonna do some uh, hitting the high notes and a summary. It's kind of the one and the same episode, scene by scene breakdown, and then we're gonna do uh, under the umbrella, in which we pick a moment from this episode that reminded us of us. So let's start with Umbrella Academy season two, episode four, the Majestic Twelve. We uh, immediately learned that Lila was not lying about uh, her parents, and the handler did raise her from when she was four. We see her parents get murdered on the floor right there. Yep. Um, then we watched the handler go find her in the wall and take her in. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's that's like almost all the questions I had at the end of episode three. I was yeah, like, okay, what the fuck was, was up with the handler and Lila? Yeah. And this episode made it a little more clear to me that Lila might be a little bit more 
flimsy in what she wants to do mm-hmm. rather than what she has to do. Yeah. You know? uh, we see the handler's training methods for Lila as well during this montage. And uh, that shit was intense. Yeah, no, she's a she's a trained killer for sure. Like that shit where she was just firing machine and guns it, it, at her. It, it seemed like a like a um like a sort of nexus with uh, uh the Umbrella Academy is kind of what she was trying to do there is like give her like this give other her her own of, thing there like like yeah academy experience. But I get for you. I get you. Killers like the League of Assassins. Yeah, but uh, there's there's also that like murder on prom night. Like was that like her final test? I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's, you're a killer know. now. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That was a that was interesting. I assume there was some some reasoning behind it, but that that was just to show kind of that you know she's she's done this before. She's been through it. That's true. That's true. And at the end of this montage, we see Lila and the handler sitting at their dinner table, and Lila's all confused because now the handler wants five protected by Lila, even though he's the most wanted man by the commission. Yeah, she says he's of more use to him. She, he is of more use to her alive. You know, mm-hmm. um, and given their conversation, the way she, uh, the handler's like, "Why don't you just kill Diego?" And she goes, "No, I think it would make you feel better." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Nah," makes me think she might really appreciate Diego. She doesn't hate him as much as she hates other people. I she just said it herself. Know why? Why she was placed with Diego initially? That, I mean, because her end was probably in the mental hospital. Yeah. So she probably didn't, it's probably the easiest way to connect with someone. But, like, why Diego? Like, why do they want to? Maybe it has something, nah, I don't know. I was going to say maybe it has something to do with his connection to his mom. Because if you remember last season, he uh-huh. was easily the most torn up about their mother dying. Yeah. So maybe it has something to do with the way he forms emotional connections. Yeah. But who knows? The handler seems to know what she's doing. She's pretty good at being an ambiguous villain ambiguous. type. <laughs> ambiguous I can't tell what she's doing. I never know what she's doing back there. That's definitely the word. Uh, we learn that she knows the IKEA mafia. <laughs> yeah. And that she hired them. And that she hired them. Which I so, had my suspicion about. Yes, you did have that suspicion. And uh, it paid off. Apparently, she did hire them. But she also goes on to say things don't make sense until they do, which I think was a nice wink, wink, nudge, nudge at the audience. Like, it's okay that you don't understand right now. Yeah, that's also because like she says she wants them protected. But then she's also sending these hitmen after them. What the fuck, handler? How she writes, it seems like she's a uh, she's an interesting cat. Looking forward to learning more about her in in the coming episodes. We next see uh, Luther waking up from his absolute beating that he took at the end of last episode with uh, Vanya there taking care of him, which I thought was sweet. She's like, I don't really know who you are, but you say you're my brother, and I'd like to take care of you. And he was like, so you met five. He's an asshole. (laughs) And she was like, he is an asshole. (laughs) Question. Is five an asshole? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's like I, I've never facts. gotten that. Like I just he's never like just straight up. I never straight up been like God. This guy is just fucking being an asshole right now. Like he's blunt. Yes, 
He he is maybe uh, unfiltered sometimes. He's a sixty-year-old dude in a fifteen-year-old body. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just. And he's well, just would like, you be pissed? All Imagine you you're are, sixty. You get a you, chance to go back to being a fifteen-year-old. Yeah. He's just like all of you kind of aren't as good as you think you are, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to show you why. <laughs> no, but like, I don't know. I relate more than I that, than I don't. So it, it, honestly, I hadn't even thought of five possibly being. I never dick. thought of him as, and as I an mean, asshole. I can see it now, like watching throughout the rest that. of the episode. After that point, when we were really thinking yeah. about it. It was like, okay, that was probably a mean thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> like if he said that to me, I wouldn't like it. But since it's in my entertainment, I think it's funny. No, nah, but also, uh, yeah, yeah, no, but I could definitely just see myself saying something similar. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Uh, in this conversation that Vanya has with Luther, she says that she suspects Five isn't telling the whole truth about her situation and asks her what caused the apocalypse. And Luther is like, well, you. And I was like, man, Luther, you can't you can't be a little bit more easing into that. Easing, he you was know. like, oh, well, you did. You well, got real angry and uh, you blew up the moon. You blew up the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Like, yo, you can handle that a little better. <laughs> Just a little better. And... Uh, after they have this conversation, Ruby bursts in and fires Luther on the spot for throwing the fight. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, needed to happen. It ne- he needed to distance himself from Mr. Ruby. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that happened. Honestly, Luther, both fucking seasons, has had the least compelling storyline. It's, Easily. It's, it's, it's hard to make that man interesting because he's just, like, so mopey. I'm just like... I. It's like, man, I... I, he's never happy. He's never happy. He's never happy. And I want to see I, and I'm, the I'm full cool with... potential of his character, but we can't because dude's always just being like, "Oh, I know I could beat this guy's ass, but I'm just gonna sit here and get my ass whooped." Because see, and that's the I'm thing. Sad. Like, I get that he's sad. Like, I get I, and I'm not holding that against him. It's just that overall, his character is definitely the least compelling. Yeah. No. He's 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 pretty one dimensional. I think as a result of one, his strength and his sadness and that being the, like, I guess his strength and his weakness, uh, like those just like kind of being the central main, main things that he's always concerned with. Pretty much being fucking strong as fuck and being fucking emotionally fragile. Nothing against being emotionally fragile. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But, uh, damn, like you're always, always not happy. (laughs) Like, the happiest he was in this episode was, like, for a second when he yeah. saw Allison. Yeah. But then after that, he was like, shit, she's married. Right. <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. My sister's married. Oh, no. I want to love her. <laughs> we, uh, Vanya and uh, Five make their way to the car, and uh, Vanya's like, well, he told me. told me that I caused the apocalypse. And uh, Five's like, motherfucker, <laughs> this fucking guy, <laughs> this guy, this son of this son of a bitch. And he's like, all right, all right. When you get angry, shit blows up. <laughs> Direct quote, <laughs> which I appreciated. And as a result of learning this information, Vanya is obviously a little bit more scared to aid in any sort of saving the world because what if she causes the end? Yeah. Of it? So I, I understand her being a little worried there. Yeah. But I also understand Five wanting her help because when she's a badass, she's a badass. Yeah. She can fuck shit up if she wants to. Oh, yeah. 
the uh, next thing we see is Allison answering the door for Klaus when she thinks that Ray is going to be getting home. Or no, wait. He, she wasn't answering the door. My bad. He was already asleep on the couch. He wakes up in the morning. She's like, yo, Ray didn't come home last night. She's making calls everywhere. Hospitals. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And uh, <laughs> Klaus tries to calm her down. He's like, all right, all right. We need some coffee, vitamin B12, mm-hmm. and a nice bowl of menudo. <laughs> a nice bowl of menudo. I just fucking love Klaus, man. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's upset. Ray didn't come home last night after the whole I heard a rumor thing. Yeah, and he he's I don't know. He's 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 just being very highly skeptical, uh, which is fair considering his position, but like at the same time, he's also just like being very difficult to work with and then at the on the, on the at the same time, she's just She should know. just tell him. She's just being very closed off for no reason. I mean, it's it's a hard thing to explain. Yeah. But you know, it's not like you're, you're lying. You've been married not, for a year. Yeah, you've been married. It's the, the the truth of the reality is the stakes and the 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 I feel like the implications of you revealing that your like your connection to does she know about it? I don't think she knows about the future apocalyptic event yet at that point. But at the same time knowing that you're displaced in time and that you have these powers and stuff that can definitely help what you're doing. Like, yeah. I mean, like, say something. <laughs> say something. So Klaus tries to help her calm down and stuff, and he tells her a story about the uh, scorpion and the uh, the scorpion and the frog, how the uh, scorpion climbed on the frog's back after they negotiated, hey, you can ride on my back for $20. No, I'll do it for 5 No, you'll do it for this. No, 10 No, 15 Okay, 15 <laughs> And about halfway across the river, you know, scorpion... Stung the frog's back, and the frog's like, you idiot, now we're both going to drown. And then, what the fuck was the meaning of that story? (laughs) And, you know, he's like, we do not negotiate with terrorists. We do not negotiate with terrorists, yeah. I was like, man, he's he's advocating for just being like, it's it's whatever. It's whatever. It don't even... Yeah, they don't even matter. He's like, I'm not a morning person. Can we do this later? I maybe I'll. <laughs> Wait, uh, I mean, I just love. I, I fucking love Klaus. I'll, I'll say that every time. Uh, <laughs> next, we see five talking to Diego, Lila, and Morty in their little area, and uh, they're going back and forth about how Diego let their father go. Uh-huh. And Diego's like, he stabbed me. <laughs> And five responds, I'm surprised you waited this long, Diego. We've all had the urge. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just thought, that's perfect. That's funny. (laughs) And and that's one of those things we were like, man, if you said that to me, probably wouldn't appreciate it because, you know, I got stabbed by my dad. Yeah. But fuck it. But fuck it. (laughs) And in this this little part of the episode, we learn about a shadow government, the Majestic 12, made up of scientists, military, deep state, which we think Papa is a part of. Which is probably reasonable. You know, that guy is an eccentric billionaire. It would make sense for him to be a part of a shadow government. It, it would, yeah. Especially given his hunger for power yeah. and treating his kids the way he does. Or his adopted Generally, kids. yeah. The next scene we see uh, Sissy and Vanya reunite after uh, Vanya stole the station wagon and stuff. Dipped for the night. They're so in love. Yeah. They definitely, are. Definitely. This this whole like this hug, this embrace right here. Yeah, it's, it's very very clear. 
It's 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 beautiful. I re- it makes me really happy to see. Because I like Vanya a lot. And frankly, I like Sissy a lot. And I feel bad for her that she feels so alone because Carl is a piece of fucking shit. Yeah, I haven't seen that dude since like episode one. Yeah, that man got drunk as fuck and thrown out by Luther. And where has he been since? In the next scene, we see Klaus invade Dave's breakfast. And this scene's rough. This one hurt me a little bit. Yeah. He uh, tells him he knows him from before. Well, after. He's like, you know, you can enlist. I know you. your Uncle Brian says all this and that it's uh, it, he's really inspiring you to go to the military. But you can't listen to him, man. He just shits all over Brian's belief in the military, which... Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I tend to agree. And then, uh, and then Brian is there. <laughs> Brian is there, and he's uh, he's a major douche dick homophobe. To quote directly from my notes, he sits down, calls Klaus a uh, a homophobic slur, and he tells tells Dave to hit him multiple times, repeating said homophobic slur. And Dave does it. He punches Klaus in the face. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Fuckity fuck fuck. Was that his dad? I don't know if it was his dad. I thought it was his uncle. Uh, even worse. Yeah, I don't know. That that, that seemed kind of like forced to me, just making that an instance of him of just like like being provoked towards like... My bad. Like hateful actions and stuff like that. Like it just didn't feel like that was what was gonna happen there. Like I can understand feeling outcast by being like gay or like him trying to like be like, oh, like obviously you're not gay or something like that. But like just being like, hit him, hit him, hit him. I was just like, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? Who who like, does this? How are you? Why are you this much of an yeah, asshole? Why do you care literally that much? That's it, besides the fact he just basically walked up and he's like. <laughs> Look at this. This like person. It's so fucking ugh. Like, what's your uh, fuck this guy, man? (laughs) Just fuck this guy. So Dave punches out Klaus, which is just devastating. And then we see Allison walk into the salon where Ray has been the whole time. My notes here. He ain't even called. (laughs) Allison been up all night. You've been at the salon the whole time. (laughs) Bunch of repeating letters there. Uh, We learn he ran off because he thought that Allison was working for the FBI or the CIA and was sent to infiltrate their civil rights cell. And that she's an informant. Which, given his situation, he watched her whisper in a cop's ear. The cop stood down, walked away. It it makes sense. It it certainly makes sense. And also answers my question from last episode, why the fuck was he so freaked out? I was like, she just got... I didn't even think of that. That didn't yeah, even occur a, to me. Yeah. But it's a, it's a perfectly good explanation for what happened. And right here I wrote, uh, she should just tell him. But it would be extremely hard to explain. Yeah, sure. But you got to. You got to. Eventually. Like, <laughs> it's a part of you, man. Yeah. And that's your husband. <laughs> We next see Klaus entering a liquor store where he is going to throw away three years of sobriety and get figgity, figgity, fucked up. Figgity, figgity, fucked up. 
He's got the, he's got this whole dancing montage through the da- through the liquor store, which I I love the way the vision slowly got it uh-huh. more motion blurred and everything. Mm-hmm. He's just downing tons of alcohol, <laughs> just walking through this liquor store. <laughs> and when he gets home, Destiny's children have found his mansion. Destiny's children, they're they back. just <laughs> and we never really got another follow up there. It was just he no. all of a sudden shows up at Allison's later, and he's escaped. He, he dipped. He dipped. You know, he ducked him. Which you know, that's just fuck it. I lo- love Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> we next see uh, Diego, Lila, and Five head to the Maj- the majestic twelve gala thingy, and uh, Five is really uh, thinking Lila's a suspect. He's like, there's something off about you. I, he, Diego might buy your shit, but I, I, I ain't with it. I ain't with it. And then I can't remember exactly what Lila says, but she's like, da 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 da. And Five's like, stick it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> bold. Maybe he is a little bit of an asshole, <laughs> but he is. He, he, he thinks she's suspect. See, the problem with being a dick. Sometimes he's also right. right. Sometimes he's <laughs> sometimes you're right. Uh, we next see Allison run into Luther, where he is just downing some barbecue, and he is immediately embarrassed and tries to wipe his mouth off, even though he's still covered in barbecue sauce. She hugs him, and it's real sweet, but, you know, he's still awkward as shit. Painfully awkward. So awkward, says my <laughs> Very notes. Very awkward. And uh, there, there was this little part of the scene where Luther is like, I'm glad you found someone when when you got here mm-hmm. because I'm happy you're happy and I'm happy you weren't alone. And I was like, Hey, good for Luther. That's at least he can see that. Yeah. Some people are so gone and obsessed with their love that it's like, you know, anybody can't have you. Nobody yeah. beside me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pissed at you. <laughs> I was glad to see Luther was not one of those people. Cause it seemed like he might be, he might he might hold it against her a little bit. I was glad to see he yeah, did. Yeah, I don't see him really. Honestly, though, I don't feel like he can get too mad at her. Oh, no, he can't. He'd be completely in the wrong. And uh, there was this part, too, where she says she just needed something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And Ray was, the, uh, Ray was the thing she held on to. Yeah. That seemed a little weird to you. Or... I mean, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it does make sense that she was looking for something to hold on to, but the way she says it, 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 it's like she was like, I I found him and I latched on. And I was like, this is it for me. I mean, yeah, that's, that's makes sense. If you get stuck in 1962 or three or whenever, like, and you're just not a bad strategy. You you weren't even the one who got yourself there technically and you have no, there's no way to get back really unless five pulls up and you don't know when that's going to be. So, like, at this point, like, and she even said, like, last time he was away for, like, years, 60 years or yeah. 50 years. Like, she was just like, well, what can you do? What can you do? <laughs> Guess I'll get married. Yeah. <laughs> we then get back to the gala where we see uh, Lila and Diego all dancey at the gala. And she seems she seems into it. And at this point, this is the part of the episode where I get sold that she's not completely against D- Against Diego. Yeah. She's, she definitely has a soft spot for him. Yeah. Uh, we see a Lila take over and lead Diego, which I thought was cute as fuck. I, I love their, I love them as a little couple here. 
And then we see Robot Mom. Robot Or what I thought was Robot Mom at first. But I think it's just the woman that Robot Mom is based off of. Mm, Yeah. And uh, it was really sweet to see Diego have that interaction with her. Because he he seemed to be the most affected by her loss in the Mm -hmm. first season. So it was good to see him maybe get a little, I don't know, closure. Yeah. See his mom one last time. Get to talk to her. Yeah. That's and see her not as a robot. Yeah. As a living, living, breathing thing. Although it's not really the same person. Uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know the deal here. But. We then cut to Vanya telling Sissy about how she's been tracked down by uh, the Swedes. She doesn't know they're the Swedes, but we know they're the Swedes. And, you know, obviously because of this, she feels she needs to get the get the hell out of Dodge, get them out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sissy's like, hey, uh, me and uh, me and Harlan, we can come with you. We don't even we don't even have to tell Carl. We can just mm-hmm. fucking dip on this guy. And I was like, fuck, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Leave this man. Yeah. <laughs> and Vanya's like, you know, we can't do that. And. Sissy's like, why the fuck not? <laughs> why the fuck not? <laughs> but then uh, Harlan uh, bolts. He dips out the door. And uh, I'm fucking horrified. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my exact note. And then uh, they're chasing him through the woods. They're chasing him through the woods. And then you see his toy in the water. He's in the water. Oh, fuck. Exactly for my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vanya goes absolutely fucking crazy. She summons all her sound wave magic powers and she lifts the fucking waves just lifts the water up into the sky and finds this little dude picks him up takes him away to the shore and then all the water collapses and she just like held that shit there without even thinking about it yep that woman is fucking dope uh for a second it looks like harlan's done for I was thoroughly convinced this man yeah, this man sure was gone. I was like, damn. Well, I was like, right. I was like, okay, does this like motivate Sissy to leave Carl? Guess we're witnessing this now. Yeah, I was like, damn, that's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> but then we see this little uh, light pass from uh, Vanya to Harlan during CPR, and I was thinking uh, potentially her powers being transferred, or like a part of her powers, or maybe it's just like a Jedi life force thing where she. <laughs> Gave up a little bit of her power, but he doesn't get to keep any of it. It just, like, revives him. Yeah. But, like, we don't, we still don't know the limits of her powers. So yeah, it's, no, we have no clue. It could just literally be anything. It could have just been she gives people life back when they're dying, which would be absurd. She'd yeah. basically be all-powerful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then after that, we cut away to Luther's landlord kicking him out because he also doesn't want to fall on uh, Mr. Ruby's shit list. Which, understandable. I wouldn't want to be on a, a gangster's hit list, especially yeah. when they they've been known to murder. Right. That'd be a little that'd be a little shady. I wouldn't appreciate it too much. Uh so Luther dips and he he goes to stay with five and Diego. But unfortunately, they aren't there. They're at the gala, so he meets Morty. And uh Morty, Morty is just blown the fuck away by Luther's physique. He's <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, holy fucking shit, man. And He's like, rough day? And he's like, yep. You want some nitrous? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, wow, that escalated quickly. Yeah. He's like, you had a bad day. He's Guess like, what you need? <laughs> <laughs> I would, if somebody said that shit to me, I'd be like, yo, no. <laughs> Probably not. 
shit just sounds like it kills brain cells. Yeah. We then cut back to Vanya and Sissy talking and sitting down on the couch and uh, talking about how they shouldn't tell Carl because it would just make him upset that their son ran away and almost drowned. Yeah. Can you imagine feeling scared to tell the person who you're... Can you imagine feeling scared to tell the father of your children that they almost drowned? Like, because you weren't... You were afraid of how they were going to react. Yeah. That's fucking shitty. Not Not a good relationship. Not at all. And uh, during this conversation, Sissy has a bit of a, an emotional breakdown, understandably. It's a pretty stressful day. Yeah. And uh, they're just so lovey together. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me all smiley. Uh, Vanya, when they get like a little too smiley, a little too close, Vanya's like, I need to leave. I can't do this to your family. Mm-hmm. And Sissy goes on this spiel about how she's been trapped in a box and how... Her her husband doesn't see her and how her son doesn't talk to her. So she's just created this box around herself and she didn't even realize she was in the box until Vanya let her out of the box. And I was like, fuck yeah, sissy. God, you killed that shit. And then sissy kisses Vanya and Vanya's like, oh, oh shit. And she's like, well, if I'm wrong, tell me to stop. <laughs> Then they just make it's out. It's kissy a, time. It's kissy time. And I was really happy it's, about that. It's kissy time. It's kissy time. <laughs> and I was very happy about it. Uh, we then see Klaus showing up to Allison's house, all hammered and shit, looking for a place to stay. And uh, throws out some more TLC lyrics. He's, he again says, don't go chasing waterfalls, man. Just stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. There and then go. he immediately passes out on the couch. And that's called on, and that's on being drunk. <laughs> that's, that's it that's it and that was the end of that scene Allison like tucks him in and that's that but then uh, we then go see Luther getting high as fuck off nitrous <laughs> with Morty which was probably my favorite scene of the episode <laughs> Luther's I've got some great quotes from this one I should have been doing this my whole life Luther yeah. says probably correct yeah, uh, definitely <laughs> they get to talking about how their dads are sh- they were shitty but they both passed on and uh, <laughs> Luther goes, laughing his ass off, my dad died too. He left me on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, they're just a couple of sad boys exchanging yeah. their terrible life stories. Then uh, Morty says, my life left me, left me for my best friend on my 10-year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> this man's wife left him on their 10th anniversary for his best friend. Yeah. That's, that's just so Morty of him. That's called um, a cold-blooded murder is coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. After that interaction, we see that Five has found the Majestic 12's meeting inside that uh, building where the gala was being held. And uh, Reginald suspects something in the closet, so he walks over to it and he stabs the shit out of it a bunch of times. (laughs) Five was in there, but luckily he transported the fuck out before he got the chance, he transports out into the hall right in front of a member of the Ikea Mafia. And, uh... The fight they fight. ensues. They fight. They fight. Yeah. They fight, and it's, pretty uh, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. It was a pretty dope-ass fight scene. That that, that tracking shot and, of Diego and that yeah. ga- and those two guys going mm-hmm. at it through the windows was pretty cool. They always are very dramatic in terms of music. And cinematography. Uh, it's, well, yeah, music, cinematography, and um, pace 
for for their fights. Oh, it's yeah. always very just like dramatic and, uh, and more interesting and unique because it's like it's like low level comic fights. Like it's not the, the the fights aren't what these stories are built around. These stories are built around the characters, but like at the same time, they like they the fights the are fights badass fresh. scenes. Like yeah, and it's because of the way they the camera work and mm-hmm. the music in the background really makes it, and it's always really fitting no matter yeah. what. But it's just like of all of the comics and uh, like or comic inspired stories or like even manga inspired stories that like I know this one is one of the least focused on the actual powers on the action. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's much more character driven than it is anything else. Right. And I I I really appreciate that about the show. And I also appreciate that in my comics, too, when they're character character driven and Mm -hmm. not so much focusing on the big fight scenes because yeah. I, I don't want to read a comic book where I, it's just bop, wop, pow, <laughs> pow, bam. You know, I want to yeah. read what the, what these characters are thinking. Yeah. Uh, we see Diego getting choked and he's asking Lila, help me, help me. And she is forced to choose between helping five and helping Diego. And, Though she hesitates, she helps. She helps five yeah. out of duty instead of out of what she wants to do. I think. Yeah. And that hesitation was key for me. Oh, it's going to reveal a lot, and then the fact that she knows how to fight. Five noticed that for sure. Mm-hmm. So no doubt, she, she, her cover is blown effectively because he knows. I think he has a suspicion that the handler is still after him. Exactly, and the fact that she's been like seeing Diego basically. Yeah. And she chose to save five. Mm-hmm. He's got to be suspecting but something. It's, it's going to be complicated to figure out for him, though, because she sent those people to kill him. And he's still probably trying to, to explain why these motherfuckers are even after him. And his suspicion probably was that she sent him, which is true. But at the same time, why would she have done that? Why would she? Well, why, and then protect him. Why? Yeah. Why would she have the other girl to protect him? Because he's like, I know that you're a double agent for someone. And, I just don't know what side. Yeah, right. And it turns out, like, both sides? Both sides? (laughs) All the sides? All the sides? (laughs) But uh, when she beats the dude's ass who was uh, beaten on five, five throws him through a window. And when he looks out the window, he sees his father. And uh, Lila goes and chases after five down the stairs, even looking at Diego again and still not helping him. Which I, I the second time it felt like a I think you can handle this on your own sort of thing, mm-hmm. which he then does with a yeah. lot of badass fighting moves, which I appreciate just shitting on these Swedes. And then uh, five gets outside, shouts something at his father in Latin. And it looked like that, like awoke something in his father. Looked like that was like something where he's like, oh, shit, I know who you are now, mm-hmm. which doesn't make I mean, I'm sure it will make sense. They'll probably explain it. But it's like. What did he say? Yeah. What could he have said for that to be the case? I'm highly intrigued. Next week on the Penny (laughs) Bloom Podcast. Next week on the Penny Bloom Podcast. We will be discussing Season 2, Episode 5 of the Umbrella Academy next week. And I feel like just considering their normal trend, they're probably going to follow up pretty quick with... I'd imagine that answer will be pretty pretty quick uh, within the next episode or two. Yeah. Uh, simply because that's what they did this episode, too. Mm-hmm. They were like, all right, you had a bunch of questions at the end of last episode. We're going to answer them all, and we're going to give you a whole new set of questions. Yeah. And that's kind of what they do every episode, ev- and even last season. Yeah. 
because that's what I love about the show too is that it's almost impossible to yeah that's why like, I see where it's going. I remember I, well, and it's impossible to put down sometimes. Like I remember watching season. I watched season one incredibly quickly. Oh, one or two days. It was because I was like, I can't stop. Every episode just bleeds into the next so perfectly yeah. that you 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 need all that information and you want it all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But we're taking our time here, and we're just gonna give you them week by week. Because, you know, fuck it. Fuck it. We do what we want. No, I know what I want. No, I know what I want. What movie are we going to talk about next week? We had a few options on the table. We go on Snowpiercer. We go on a Bad Education. Do you want to go with another comedy? I kind of liked the comedy discussion today. I did, too. I think it's time for another serious one, though. Another serious one? Yeah. I'm down for that. I'm thinking either Snowpiercer or The Five Bloods. Maybe. We do both of them over the next two weeks. Sound like a plan? Fair. All right. Next week, Snowpiercer. Say it now. All right. Snowpiercer's our next one. The Five Bloods is after that. And you know what? We're still going to be covering the Umbrella Academy. And we'll probably mix something else in like we usually do. So keep coming back. Give us a, a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I am Colton Robertson. That is Tavares Pennington. And this has been Penny Bloom. Peace, love, and bloom. Praise Keanu Reeves. Praise him. Always. Bye, bitches.